in a world where everyone is looking for your money up front, doesn't it just make sense to check out a podcast that's looking to give you something for free? Like the music for your content and free music for your film and videos? Look no further. It's the Tim Kulig Free Music Podcast. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Tim Kulig Free Music Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Kulig, and it is a gorgeous Saturday morning at St. Pete Beach, where I'm about to do a podcast on navigating free music, copyrights, and sync licensing today. I figured this would be the greatest place to do this, and while I'm speaking to you, I am literally watching a dolphin surface and dive off the coast while the waves are crashing around me. It's just breathtaking. Absolutely amazing. Stunning. The audio today is going to be littered with waves and wind and my voice. And I think it will be somewhat meditative because (laughs) it certainly feels that way to me. But today I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff I do in a little more depth. I know I've brought this up in other episodes, but the truth is is that repetition is the mother of skill. Anybody that's interested in the background of a self-publishing composer or content creator understands that you have to reinvigorate yourself daily on all this because it can be a very solo and and sobering experience to create content and music and everything on your own. So uh, knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel for all the things that you do is important and you have to remind yourself that every day. But one of the big things uh, that people tend to ask me about are the pros and cons of giving it away, of giving a music away, giving it away under Creative Commons. And it's a challenging question to answer because there's so many different points associated with it. But I wanted to get right into it and talk about how, for one, the sheer fact that it increases your exposure and your fan base. Not having a paywall is something that absolutely makes a difference in the world of marketing and promotion of music or anything else for that matter. Cutting that away and allowing people to be able to get access to your content and your and your art is paramount. It's paramount to perpetuating your name, your brand, everything. So you want to do that as often and as frequently as possible. And you don't want to hold back on on anything that's going to create some kind of monetary interruption to somebody experiencing what you have. So that's super important. You should make that first and foremost. And by design, that allows more people to listen to and enjoy your music or whatever other thing that you, of kind of art that you're, that you're trying to promote. But for me, eliminating that paywall and making people or giving people the rather the ability to listen to it in multi multiple different places and platforms 
you don't have to be a subscriber to Apple Music or Amazon Music or or Spotify or anything like that to listen to my stuff. You can go to filmmusic.io and download it for free. Listen to it whenever you want. You can go to YouTube and type in my name and the word topic. And every album I've ever published through DistroKid will show up on that page. And you can listen to it for free. I just want people to listen to it. Not sit on a hard drive and do zero work and have zero enjoyment by anyone. <laughs> um, other things that can happen. It allows me to experiment with different ways to distribute it. You know, if I was only signed to say like a label like Sony or something, they would have very finite paths of distribution. And that would keep me from being exposed to other audiences because it's only available on certain platforms or in certain ways. So stay away from that if you want your stuff to get propagated everywhere. I'm not so much about live performances and merch, although I probably will sell merch at some point in the future that promotes my name and has like QR codes on it and stuff to, to perpetuate the brand and just walk around with shirts with a QR code on it. People just constantly pointing their phones at me. That'll be funny. I've thought about doing that as a marketing tool. So I'm going to try and do that in the future. Um, but, you know, another thing about it being free, everything gets organically spread. You know, people can just point to any page that you're on, any website, any streaming service. Oh, yeah, 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 you got Apple Music? Oh, you should check this artist out, blah, blah, blah. He's pretty good. You know, it doesn't cost you anything more. You're already on that service. You know? um, here's a cool thing that's happened recently is that, uh, you know, on Spotify and on my website and some other places, I have a, a PayPal button that's like a donation button, but it's also for, like, extended licenses and everything, so... When somebody needs an extended license, they can just go to my PayPal and pay for it. But I've literally had fans donate and pay for things, and there's nothing associated with what they're donating for, which to me is just brilliant. They literally just either enjoy my music or downloaded a bunch to use for a project that I'm not even aware of. And uh, just as a thank you, just literally just PayPal'd me some money. And sometimes it's pretty significant, you know, which is pretty wild, considering, you know, I don't have that requirement. It's just something that somebody felt they needed to do. I'm just very happy about that. Um, really cool side benefit of giving it away is that it lowers the barrier of entry for new listeners. And again, that comes back to not having any kind of stop gaps as to where the music can be hosted where people could, you know, how they can listen, how people can listen to it. You know, there's no, there's no my, myopic uh, revenue stream associated with it where you need to get the revenue first. And it just seems dirty at this point. I'm almost at 500 songs and I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to write 500 more. I'm just so excited about it. Um, this part of it is kind of neat 
you know, you can build a email list for future marketing. It's useful for promoting upcoming albums and and various releases and stuff. I'm kind of 50-50 on that, only because the challenge I have with with the email marketing is that I personally get annoyed with a number of different email subscriptions that I end up signing up for and then end up getting it too frequently. And I know you can go back in there and make adjustments to how frequently they communicate via email, but I'm on the fence. I'm 50-50. I'll probably eventually do an email email thing which people can, you know, unsubscribe and, and, and bow out of at some point if they don't like the frequency of it. But I don't even think I'd be very frequent with it. I ping people a couple times a month. I don't want to be annoying. You know, I, I just know that I'm annoyed by those, even the things that I'm interested in. Like I start getting this negative connotation to, to email pings and, you know, Gen Z uh, and the millennials, they don't, I, I, most of them I talk, they, they don't email. What's that? You know, you need to te- give me something, text me, you know, or like like a, like airdrop it or something like that. They don't have time to go through all that. Now, in fact, there's people that have and have and have developed ChatGPT agents to literally go through their email inbox and summarize everything because they can't be bothered. <laughs> and I kind of am getting to that point too. I can't be bothered either. Um, uh, let's see, there's a lot. Of, I mean, one of the, one of the bullet points is free tools to make distribution easy yeah maybe maybe I, there's there's free stuff in the sense that you know most social media sites are pretty free so you can use that to promote your music and everything DistroKid might as well be free I mean for the biggest plan I think it's 70 or 80 bucks a year and you can have unlimited songs to publish and they give you they give you and assign you um ISRC numbers for your music automatically. It's listed. So you're registered. You've got a date stamp on that registration. Somebody tries to take your stuff and say that they produced it. Well, you've got yourself a line in the sand as to when when that actually happened. So that's a good thing. But um, there's some other, I'm sure there's some other free tools for distribution and everything. I haven't quite gotten there yet. I've been going more, more traditional uh, and limited online distribution method for now, but pretty soon. I mean, I've already branched out beyond SoundCloud, uh, um, Pixabay, and Film Music IO. In addition to my own site, which will eventually have a uh, a library, my whole library on that's searchable, and you can download from right there and get extended licenses and stuff too. But I've jumped into Gemendo. Um, it's another download site. For, uh, royalty-free music. And there's a bunch of others, too, I've been experimenting with and or researching. just want to make sure none of them do uh, the infamous YouTube content ID violation flag where it's registered and people either have to be like subscribed to something to be able to use it or they need some kind of a extended license in order to use it. And there's, I could never in a million years would I do that. I don't register anything with a YouTube content ID for that reason alone. Content creators 
lose their minds and never use my stuff again. And that's something you got to consider too, is that, you know, when you're registering and, and publishing your music, you got to make sure whatever service you're using, you don't select that as an option. If you select that as an option, it becomes problematic for most of the people using it. And they're just going to, they're just going to distance themselves from your, your work. And nobody wants that. The idea to all this under the creative commons philosophy and the royalty free philosophy is you want everybody and anyone to be able to take it, use it. And if they can't get you attribution, eh, send you a few bucks. That's basically it. Um, you know, when you don't have lines in the sand as far as how things work in a revenue stream is concerned, you have flexibility in the way, you know, your business model functions and you have total control over who gets what for your songs, why, everything. So you don't have to go through somebody and say like, well, this person's a friend of mine, they've got a movie and they want to use this and they just want to give me attribution. When you have a traditional distribution model, you know, you have other people that you answer to and then those people want to cut every time it's being used and they're not in the they're not in the business of giving it away and promoting something that they don't make money off of. So that's a that's a challenge that you have to contend with if you don't choose this model. Alright. So we talked about pros of giving it away. What about some of the cons? Well, for sure, it's a lot harder to earn direct revenue from recordings when you decide to give it away up front. You don't maintain or enforce that paywall, then, you know, all that revenue up front just goes bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an issue for a lot of people. A lot of people don't gravitate towards that, or that doesn't resonate with a lot of people. They do this... They do all this hard work to create these musical masterpieces and they want to be compensated for it and understandably so. So that that challenges those people and I, probably those same people, um, they, also, they also feel like it devalues their music in other people's minds. Listen, if I give this thing away, maybe it's not so great. You know, most of the time you need to have value to things you know, monetary value to things for people to feel like it's valuable. That's this weird thing that we just associate with anything that we want. So why would I want something that has, that the, even the creator doesn't seem to think it has value? Well, it has value in other ways. It has value in the way that people experience it. And the fact that I want more people to experience it rather than have my hand out first before they can experience it. It just feels counterintuitive to art. Um, you know, again, I brought up that you have less control over where and how music is distributed. That's a challenge for making your name and your, your band or your, your just you, your, your musical title or whatever being known. relies completely on performance, merchant, licensing. You know, if you're just giving it away, chances are you're doing something else to maintain your cost of living. 
so you're doing it for the art so you're going to be more authentic anyway I know I'm doing the con section here but since I'm a little biased as to my model I'm tending to find the uh, <laughs> the counter argument within the argument against why I do what I do so my apologies um, this definitely an aspect though free access does encourage illegal downloading look people can grab your whole catalog and post it somewhere else even pretend to be you and post it and try to make money on a site and then you end up getting a content violation because you know the algorithm picks up that song and that song has a content ID so now you got to fight those people so that can get messy that can get real messy especially if people start to really resonate with your music and getting far and wide distribution so something to consider it's definitely a con definitely a big con of the idea of giving it away for free um, hard making it difficult to create and understand some kind of determination for true market value of your music that's I, th I think that that's true but who really knows to be honest like how do you really know what the value of a song is? Who would have thunk that, you know, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas song would resonate so much as a modern holiday song to the point that there's memes about how frustrating it is that <laughs> it's played constantly during the holidays now. You know, of course, this is very time-specific. There's... There's uh, probably 10, 20 years from now, there'll be some other song that resonates repeatedly year after year. And it's a modern twist on the, the uh, Christmas song genre. But anyway, I digress. Um, a lot of people won't pay later on, right? So you, 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 don't, you give it away up front, what incentivizes anybody to pay later? And my counter-argument to that would be it's, it's the same thing with people randomly sending money in PayPal. They see the value of the music and they see that you're giving it freely and people become fans and when they become fans, they become emotionally invested and when they're emotionally invested, they want to see you do well and knowing that you give it away, people just get compelled to contribute in some way, which is quite remarkable you know, human behavior and the kindness and generosity of people cannot be um, understated in this regard it's incredibly humbling to see that to see that happen when you don't expect it you never expected anything it's pretty wild you know creating incentivizations to purchase that's you know like basically saying you're gonna get like signed merch or something like that that's a lot of work you know now you're now you're chasing now you're chasing revenue through a third-party means and it's not just content creation because content creation always has you know a net benefit you're gonna have further exposure to you your brand, everything else. You know, you're 
you know, another con is, you know, what it takes to make your music. I happen to have everything I need to master what I need to produce and distribute right in my house. But there's other people that create music that literally have to, you know, give it to somebody else and master and and do do all the tail end post production stuff and you know that takes time and money and you know I can understand that those people that have those obligations when creating things that that's a challenge and it would de-incentivize them them from freely distributing it via royalty free or creative commons so that's that's definitely something you don't you don't want to contend with if that's your philosophy um, you know I mentioned before you need supplemental income streams in the case of of royalty free and creative commons distribution of your music uh, and the con here is that yeah you need that you can't just subside or subsist rather on your musical income but you may not have been able to do that if the musical income was full-time anyway. You know, breaking out to a level where you're making the kind of money that you don't have to worry about your bills or everything is covered and everything as a musician is a challenging feat. It's very doable, but it requires more than just writing music and distributing it. It requires you know, playing you know, local gigs or, or mid-sized local gigs doing covers and and you know paying your bills with that that's that's a whole different animal that's a whole different animal if your intention as a musician as a composer as a producer is to only write your own music I have no real interest in playing covers or in a cover band or you know playing other people's songs I, I lost interest in that years ago I like listening to it other people's stuff, but I don't, I don't, I'm not compelled to do that. I'm compelled to create whatever's in my mind musically and sonically. Like that's, that's my mission in music for the rest of my life. Now, sync licensing is an interesting one because this works whether you give it away for free or not, whatever. Um, for you know the rights to put it in a major motion picture not even a major motion picture it could be a low budget indie film micro budget no budget um, anything in between you know but it just secures the rights to sync it to that that uh, project or medium and since that project or medium will be in multiple places you know you know quote unquote across the universe that they use this crazy terminology in, in those licensing documents but it basically means like hey we're, we might splice dice do this all sorts of different ways and uh, distribute it as something similar in content but among you know among the same project so they basically are like look just to avoid any of the legal problems of you know is it the same project blah blah we're just going to do this we're going to pay for this license and be done with it and usually companies that don't want to have any kind of an issue legally down the road are the ones that that choose that as an option 
So, but I mean, it provides upfront fee and back end royalties to to something that otherwise you wouldn't have had a revenue stream for, which is really freaking cool. So, so it's a great way to earn revenue and gain exposure that way as well. Um, it is a very competitive market, so chances are you won't be getting sync licenses in situations where you're an unknown or a semi-known that you know hasn't had a breakout song that's done millions upon millions of spins online or anything you know like that's that's kind of a a, a larger exposure type of situation where that's you're, you're not going to get you're not going to get the kind of offer like that unless maybe you went viral and one of your songs was trending heavily and you're otherwise an unknown other than that like you've probably got to be in the game for a little while before it actually works out to your favor in that regards um, it does open doors for more sync licensing in the future once you've established and, and managed to do one it's one of those things that kind of it's almost like being in a uh, you know B movie with some some A-listers and now your acting prowess is associated with that level of actor or actress and now people are looking at you a little differently because you're in a you know minor or semi-major role of a of a mid to upper level production in Hollywood, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, um, it's good for exposing yourself to negotiations and stuff in this industry, because that is something that you need to get practice in, you know, when it comes to, you know, establishing value for yourself for like, like the sync licensing opportunity or other opportunities where a company will pay up front a fee or pay royalties for the use of something. So you, you, you want to you wanna be able to stand on your own two feet and be able to negotiate for yourself, or at least if you have somebody else working on your behalf, to have, you know, some understanding of how, of how that all works so that you can have an intelligent conversation about what decisions are being made either on your own or on your behalf um, that company that you end up syncing with they tend to handle most of the paperwork and in most cases you know as long as you're not signing away rights or anything dumb like that you know that's it's limited there should be like a limited use sync license and attach it to the name of the project and you know it's whatever the the licensing time frame that you want if it's in perpetuity for that project that's fine or if it's you know if it's a limited scope you know make sure that you establish that and that that language is in the document uh, you should have yourself covered but if you ever of course if you ever feel like you don't fully understand what you're signing never do that you know always have somebody else look at it preferably somebody with law experience or a lawyer <laughs> um sync licensing licensing definitely gives you the chance for millions of people to hear your music i mean 
mean, popular shows put music in front of engaged audiences and also very popular movies or movies, like I said earlier, with, you know, B, B plus, A-listers in it. You know, people are going to start associating your music with uh, a much higher caliber when something like that takes place. You know, and, and by design, over time, you'll likely get more opportunities because of that. It's just, it's the whole reason that our, you know, marketing and advertising works. You know, you take, a, you know, a pro athlete and put them next to your sports drink or your socks or something like that. And now all of a sudden, those things that had no value have, by juxtaposition, acquired the value of the popular thing that you have next to it. So it's it's such an overlooked but very simple and direct and effective tactic to assigning value to something. And, and like I said, the sync, syncing your music to something that a lot of people highly value is just gonna it's just gonna perpetuate your brand and, and, and make you more popular and and get your music into the ears of a lot more people. What also happens when you work with folks doing sync licensing is that the uppers in industry start to notice who you are. You know, directors, music supervisors, anybody that's in a decision-making matrix in the (laughs) film and TV or online content area in space, you know, they're going to give a second second glance at you if you've, if you've been in some major productions. Like, oh, okay, I know so-and-so and he values your work. Maybe I should take a look at it, you know? Um, you know, having a TV or an ad placement, you know, TV show or, or a TV ad or online ad or online show, whatever, you know, um, if it's some major streaming platform um, it's a badge of legitimacy it means that again going back to the previous statement about directors you know given a second look it's going to make you stand out as someone who's arrived on some level that you've been able to get your music into you know A, B, and C oh okay there's then you know you're not just doing these you know no budget promo, you know, you're not scoring some movie that isn't going anywhere. And I don't say, you know, that's unfair to say too. Any art, I think personally is worthy of being done. You got a story to tell, you got a song to write, what, you know, you got a painting, paint, do it, do it all and do it often. Um, all I'm saying is that, you know, it's the, the legitimacy comes with time. You know, it, you know, that, that's it. Yeah, I was going to talk about extended licenses today, but I think I'm going to save that for another episode because that's a little more complex in the sense that it's kind of a limited sync, but it also has some licensure that I think warrants a little more research and discovery on, so... Um, but that said, this relaxing 
episode. I'm sure my voice is reflective of all that. Just staring out at the ocean. I'm sure you can hear the seagulls and the waves crashing. The sound of the earth breathing in and out. It's just very, very calming and very centering. So I'd like to thank you all once again for stopping in to the Tim Coolig Free Music Podcast. We'll see you next time.